we're applying PSIU to collaboration settings. And the best way to kind of bring this to life, I found, is to actually apply it to your personal life, especially your primary love relationship. And I want to share with you a little story to show you, illustrate for you how conflicts of styles can emerge. So in my 20s and 30s, I was a founder of one of the country's fastest growing technology companies. And I, by my style, I was like all P, all I, big entrepreneur. And I was probably a real pain in the ass to be around. Not saying that I'm not anymore. I'm just saying it definitely was then, okay? At that stage in my life, I was attracted to people like me. And so my primary love relationship was a woman who had a very similar style. She was also a producer innovator, okay? So we're both on the far right of this PSIU matrix. And you don't know me very well. You certainly never met my ex, my ex. What was missing in this relationship? You know the, you know the added to universe and pores of vacuum? So notice we're both over here. We both wanna be over here on the right, producing and innovating. She's focused on her career. I'm focused on my career. Notice the gap. The one gap was on the unifying side, on the unifying force. You know, uh, I felt like she didn't really care about me or support me. She was only interested in her career. What do you think she felt? She felt like I didn't really care about her. I didn't really nurture and support her in her career. She wanted support for her career. I wanted support for my career. Neither one of us were really able to meet the other's needs. It was entropy. It was an energy drain in the relationship. Now, this was really awesome because it inspired a deep quest for, you know, more awareness, more tools, more interrelationship advice. We did lots of workshops, lots of settings, and we'd come back together. You know, let's say we'd go on a couple's workshop to kind of work through our issues and we'd restore the love and the harmony and we'd come back to our home and it would be blissful for three days or three weeks or three months before things would start to deteriorate again. And it was just because that unifying force really wasn't anchored in. There was not between the two of us, no one was really holding that polarity, right? Of support, nurturing and care. Now, what my, the point I'm trying to make is that the, the nature wants compliments. Okay. We form into pairs. We form into organizations because we each have finite energy and time. Now, I certainly could have adapted my style to be more of a stabilizer and unifier in that relationship, right? To be a better husband, better support for my partner. I just didn't want to, right? It wasn't an intrinsic motivation for me. And so that style conflict, you know, just kind of grew and grew and grew over time. I was married about nine years in my first marriage. And it just kind of grew to the point where it became a conflict of interest. And then it became a conflict of vision and values. And we got a divorce. Okay, I want to compare that with my my wife Linda. And we've been married for been together about thirteen years. And uh, what I want you to notice is that I I got married later in life, my, my second marriage, and I had evolved. Right, I had adapted. I wasn't so extreme on the producer innovator side. I kind of mellowed a bit. Right, I kind of mellowed a little bit more where. I had developed more of a unifying force. I learned to appreciate the stabilizing force more. So I was an easier partner to, to be with. And I had more awareness and more consciousness too. But Linda, my, my wife in love, she also compliments me really well, right? We weren't so similar. We were more complimentary. And, and in, 
in all the personal and couple workshops I've done in the past, like it took a lot of work to get there. And I always wondered why it took so much work. And then I'm in a compliment, more complimentary relationship. And I want you to know that it just works. Like you don't have to put so much energy and effort into keeping entropy low in the relationship when there's good compliments and when there's aligned interests and shared vision and values. So we still fight, right? Linda and I still have conflicts, but they usually show up uh, because we're approaching things differently. And if I'm under, if you're wondering what your own style is, I'm going to talk about individual styles in a moment here, but if you're wondering what your own style is, just tune into how you are under stress. So if I'm under stress, I'll default to a big producer style. I'll just want to fight through, work it through, get it out of, get it off my list, get it out of my awareness. So I don't have to think about it. When Linda, if she's under high stress, she'll default to a stabilizer style, which is slow down, organize, get control, make sure things are lined up correctly. And you can just feel the tension there, right? Like, oh, I want to get this done fast. And she wants to slow down and get things done more slowly. And I've shared some funny anecdotes about my relationship with Linda in the PSIU course. You can sign up. It's a seven-day course. Uh, When you took your PSIU individual assessment, you know, fights about bears and all kinds of silly stuff. So those conflicts of style can be there and they will be there. And the secret to this is if, if you want to navigate a conflict of styles, you need to try to recognize the force that's up for the other person and kind of give that style what it needs. So if Linda's stabilizing force is up really high, I got to try to have the awareness, the consciousness to go, okay, she needs some time. She needs some data. She needs some time to process this. I, I know that if I give her the time and the data, she's going to come back with a really world-class outcome. She knows that if my, if my producing force is up really high, that it's not personal, right? She doesn't you just try to help me, you know, remove some obstacles and let me just kind of work that through. And then I'll be back to normal pretty quickly. If you're at work and your boss is a big innovator, they have lots of crazy ideas, you know, you need to try to feed that force. You've got to try to give that force what it needs. So what you can do is listen and really try to tune your empathy to what, what, what their vision is and why it could be cool. Yeah. And if you can do that, the, the boss will kind of work their way through and they'll, they'll end up, you know, changing their mind. And I granted it can be hard to discern what's a real idea and what's a decision, you know, what's a hypothetical and what's the decision, but we got to try to give the force what it needs because people are who they are, right? That force isn't going to go away until its needs are met. If you have a friend that's really, you know, under a hard personal situation, be a buddy, right? Give the unified force what it needs, companionship, empathy, a willing ear. And what you'll notice is that entropy starts to go down. If you can kind of judge the force rather than the person you'll be a more conscious leader.